Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. A new pharmacist-founded healthcare company is empowering women to take control of their own health by launching a supplement system tailored for women as they enter their peri- and menopausal years. Joining me now is the author of Lady Parts, Putting Women's Health Back into Women's Hands, and Dr. of Pharmacy, Kavita Desai. Hi, Dr. Desai, and welcome to the NutraCast. Hi, so nice to meet you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me. So you founded Revival in 2021. Can you tell me a little bit about your founder story and what sort of inspired that? Yeah, I had um, the last clinical experience I had was running a multidisciplinary healthcare clinic where we were dealing with a lot of chronic disease. And one of the largest populations that we were seeing was women with fibromyalgia. So that was already an interesting experience where I got to see a lot of women, mostly in their perimenopausal years, who were suffering with this, you know, chronic illness that was underdiagnosed, undertreated, often dismissed, and then also dealing with going through perimenopause, which a lot of those symptoms do overlap. So I already had started to develop a great interest in women's health and, you know, a lot of the chronic diseases that we're at risk for that, you know, as females, we're have a greater tendency to um, experience when my mom was also diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. So now I had this patient population that were, you know, women in their, you know, anywhere from 30s to 50s suffering with a debilitating disease. And then my mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And, you know, when I started seeing symptoms, she was probably in her early 50s. So very young, perimenopausal as well you know, a lot of her early symptoms were perimenopausal in the way they presented in that she didn't have, you know, the stereotypical memory loss that we see in women with cognitive decline. It was more personality changes, you know, a little bit of moodiness. I know at that point she was also, you know, complaining that she wasn't sleeping as well and, you know, she could no longer eat spicy foods and her gut was bothering her, So, which is very stereotypical of perimenopause. But the personality changes were quite profound and again, dismissed or over, you know, overlooked because she just happened to be in that stage of her life. And then it wasn't for several years later when we had her officially diagnosed and her MRI showed that her brain had atrophied by about 50% by that point or shrunk by 50%. She was quite, you know, her she had progressed quite a bit at that point, had lost a lot of like, you know, daily function. And, you know, it was, it was very, you know, devastating for me. It was, you know, around that same time, around the time she was actually diagnosed that I started to then delve into brain health and, you know, prevention and, you know, what can we do? Mostly because I was concerned about my own now future and that of my kids now that, you know, we didn't have a family history that we knew of prior to that. But, you know, with her having early onset Alzheimer's now, I was very concerned about my own future. And I was also, you know, baffled because I didn't know what could possibly have gone wrong in her life to have led to this? Because again, we didn't have a family history of this. She was otherwise a very healthy person, but she did, you know, now looking back, have several risk factors that we now know are risk factors for Alzheimer's, but those are also things that happen to happen to our body during perimenopause. So that's kind of how my interest in not only brain health, but also women's health, especially in the perimenopausal years kind of 
intersected because there's a lot of overlap in women of that age bracket as we start to lose our hormones that leads to a lot of very serious chronic disease. And I think we don't look at perimenopausal symptoms as anything but symptoms and we treat it as such or don't treat it at all. It's often actually overlooked altogether. So that's kind of where for me after she passed away in 2020 and that's when I was compelled to do something about it. I think I felt that I needed to not just know about it and research it and understand it for myself, but I think I needed to start putting that information out there. I needed to start coming up with some solutions that might help another woman maybe not experience what my mom went through. So that's kind of how Revival came to be. I'm sorry that it came to be in such a way, but what you're doing is so important because not everybody, I think, understands how much cognitive decline there is and and just you know i i know we talk sometimes about brain fog but this whole cognitive side of peri and and, and menopause is something that not a lot of people know about right that's right there's a lot of misinformation and i think because during perimenopause we do experience a lot of brain fog and then i have a lot of women telling me that it worries them because they start to have trouble you know finding the right word or they walk into a room and they're they can't remember why they came into that room. And I think now trying to tease out when we should be concerned and when we we don't need to be necessarily becomes increasingly important as we're seeing, you know, an exponential increase in the number of cases of Alzheimer's. And we don't yet have a, you know, a treatment. We have certain medications that might slow the progression, but not an actual reversal of the disease. And we don't necessarily even know what causes it. We know numerous risk risk factors that we can be addressing, but then that means we need to be addressing these well in advance because, you know, evidence is showing that changes to the brain can start to happen, you know, anywhere up to 15 to 20 years prior to the disease actually being, you know, the symptoms of the disease being noticeable. So it, it becomes increasingly imperative, I think, for us to be aware of our of our long-term risk. Definitely. So what do women need to know about peri and menopause? What can we do to take these steps to avoid some of this cognitive decline? So, you know, one of the things that I found very interesting as I've been doing, you know, more and more work in this field is how many of the symptoms that we experience that we don't actually necessarily even correlate to perimenopause are actual risk factors for numerous chronic diseases, whether it's cardiovascular disease, you know, cognitive decline, or, you know, we're also at risk for osteoporosis, is that we start to see a lot of changes in our body that are not just the hot flashes, weight gain, hair loss, you know, the stereotypical things that we talk about, which are also, you know, obviously worth addressing. But there are things that, you know, we start to get um, changes to our microbiome and our digestion, which we know that there's a gut brain connection and that, a poor microbiome can lead to numerous chronic illnesses and Alzheimer's is just one of them. So that's one of the things that, you know, women need to be aware of that, you know, if you start to notice digestive changes that that can very well be perimenopause, Um, you know, things like sleep disturbances as our progesterone starts to decrease in estrogen and we start to lose estrogen, we end up with a lot of changes in our sleep, whether it's trouble falling asleep, staying asleep, or just not having deep restorative sleep. So again, sleep hygiene becomes very important. Loss of estrogen also leads to an increase in cortisol. So we end up feeling even more stress. And I think by nature, women, we already tend to carry a lot more stress, a lot more of that burden of worry Mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, than our male counterparts. And then now you add in perimenopause where we're probably in a very busy part of our life to begin with, whether we're taking care of, you know, our children as they age or our partners or aging parents, and then in a busy work life. And then you add in the fact that hormonally we are now feeling even more stressed out. So there's so many of these things that we know are linked to are considered risk factors for Alzheimer's and also happen to be perimenopause, you know, changes to our bodies that happen during perimenopause. So, you know, these are the things that I think we've dismissed menopause for a long time. And I love that there's a lot of light being shed on that now. And there's a lot of attention being brought to it and we're trying to decrease the stigma. But for me, I think we, we need to be addressing how serious it is as well, because it's not something that we just need to embrace. I think it's something we actually need to do something about. And so that means a lot of lifestyle changes. Um, You know, we have to change our diet. Glucose control also becomes an issue. We end up with glucose intolerance or the inability to process sugars as effectively as we once did when we were younger with, you know, the lack of estrogen. And then that is, as we know, Alzheimer's is considered a type 3 diabetes, that the estrogen receptors in our brain can't process the, the glucose the same as it could, you know, in our earlier years. So you know, we don't know which of these is actually leading to our, an increased risk in Alzheimer's, but it's probably a lot of them all put together. You know, even just exposure to toxins in our environment, you know, limiting us that as much as we can. I think it's it's addressing it all. And I think then not only will that help us feel better during our perimenopausal years, but it can also reduce our risk of chronic disease. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up the gut-brain connection. Probiotics, is that something that you think is important to take, especially during that time of our lives? I think at any point, really, like I encourage it even in my kids, right, to be eating for them, it's more probiotic foods that I I tend to purchase and, you know, have on hand. But for me personally, I do both. So I like to, you know, eat a lot of prebiotic foods, which feed the good bacteria, and then eat probiotic foods, things like sauerkraut and kimchi, and I'll try to incorporate that into our meals. But that's hard to get every day. They're not always the most palatable, right? With the fermentation, Mm. right? It's hard to do that. So I always take a good quality probiotic as well, which I tend to recommend taking in the evening. The, you know, we know that a lot of that, those healthy bacteria don't always make it to the intestine. We're not even sure, right? What percentage of, for instance, a 15, 30 billion CFU probiotic, how many of those bacteria make it to the gut, but to give it the best chance, nighttime, I feel is when your gut is least active, you're less likely to need to go to the bathroom and then potentially waste the probiotic. So it can actually go and do what it needs to do. So that's generally what I do. But yes, I think it's incredibly important to have a healthy gut. And that also means then changing diet, because I think you can take a probiotic, but then if you're eating a lot of processed food, it's almost undoing the good. So we have to be, you know, trying to consume as much of a whole food diet, healthier ingredients, a lot of you know, variety of plants and lean proteins. And, you know, I think to give our gut the best chance it can be to be less inflamed and as healthy as possible. Definitely. I like that you mentioned, you know, it's nice that we're embracing menopause, but we need to take action. So one of the ways in which you're taking action is your essentials by Revival. What was the process like selecting ingredients and formulating this this line? Yeah, so that came about soon after my mom passed away. And it was, well, let's backtrack, actually, it was probably when she was first diagnosed. And I started 
doing a lot of research into what I should be taking to keep my my brain healthy. And at that time, it was only my brain that I was thinking about, which I guess is the computer system of our body, right? We need to maintain a healthy brain for the rest of the body to function well. But it started there in terms of what should I be taking to reduce my risk of long-term cognitive decline risk. And I started taking, you know, numerous supplements and I was like, well, I really need to be taking more of my vitamin D and more omega-3. But most products, you know, you end up then having to take three or four of something to get what I felt was enough based on disease prevention. My goal was not to just nutrient replace, but to actually address chronic illness. So it started there. And then after my mom passed away, you know, my list had become extensively longer to the point where I couldn't even take everything I would like to take in a day. It would have meant, you know, 50 to 60 pills per day. It's too much. It was hard to source it as well. Um, I was having to purchase things from, you know, numerous different locations to try to get like the ones that had the least number of capsules that I would have to take to get the right dose. And even then it was a handful a day, which can be quite nauseating. So I think when I first started Revival and I was like, if I could do anything first in starting this company, like what would it be? For me, it was the supplement line because I think I wanted something that, you know, thinking of any woman that felt the way I did, I wanted something simple, all in one place, as few fillers as possible and as few tablets and capsules as possible. And then somebody to think about the dosing, because I know I had many friends who would ask me, they're like, I don't know how much to take. Like you walk into that aisle at a drugstore and it's overwhelming. It's just a wall of bottles. Like, where do you even begin? Right. And Mm -hmm. to date, supplementation has always been very piecemeal. So, you know, if you say you're experiencing sleep issues, then the supplement is meant to just address your sleep. But then we're missing all the other risk factors. And I think that's as women, we're not addressing everything as a whole. Essentials was created because it has 48 ingredients in it. It was all things that I personally take every day and I wanted women to take because I think it addresses it, it addresses so many things, not only just what we need day to day for our long-term wellness, but also reduces stress in the body. There's a lot of adaptogens in it. It addresses sleep. There's a sleep product. There's a probiotic in it. I thought about things like what dose should it be? to make sure we're getting enough of everything. And there's different ingredients that I think we wouldn't normally get if it wasn't already just put together for for us. So it's down to 14 tablets and capsules in a day versus about 50 to 60. I enteric coated the tablets so that the ingredients will get to the intestine where they need to go for better absorption and also reduces stomach upset. So you don't have that nauseous feeling that you've just taken you know, 15 ingredients in in a couple of tablets. And it's in six beautiful glass bottles. I wanted to reduce our exposure to plastic. I think I wanted to do something that was easy for women and easy to follow. Yeah, so you address cognitive function, energy, sleep, mood, gut health, immunity, and hormone balance. Now, Mm -hmm. are these all in one system? Can you purchase them separately or how does it work? So initially, my philosophy was like, it should all come together. Because I think if we're truly addressing long-term disease risk, I love the idea of women actually taking the full kit. But we had so many women asking if we would consider selling them separately. So we did actually just open that up this past Friday for Black Friday um, to allow women to buy them individually. Because not everybody needs everything. You know, I had some women reach out and say, I have so many other supplements that I'm still taking. Can I just get your functional mushroom gummies, for instance? So 
I think for for women who are looking to address all their risk factors, there's the ability to buy it as a kit, but you don't have to. Okay, good to know. And did you do research on on your line? No, not yet. We are introducing a ARA's um, like an AI-based um, survey platform that will be launching in the new year in what we're calling our health hub, which will offer, you know, within the health hub, there will be not only these surveys, but there will be education that women will get. They'll be given actually a report at the end of performing these surveys. So if they're taking essentials over time, yes, we will be collecting data on if you take essentials and are your metrics actually improving? And it's a patient, you know, protected platform. That, so it's not an open an open source. So over time, yes, we are hoping to actually collect data to actually show that the benefits, you know, what benefits women are experiencing by taking our supplement line. So you launched in October, not that long ago. It sounds like the reaction has been good so far. Um, and you've got some things in the works. What else is going on? Is there any other news or things that you can tell us about? Yeah, so I think, as I mentioned, the next thing we're launching in the new year is our health hub, which will have not only these AI-based surveys in them where women can go and find out their their scoring for menopause, like how severe are their symptoms, you know, what are lifestyle changes they can make, what are some diagnostics they should be considering if it's something that's quite severe, are there discussions they should be having with their healthcare practitioner, that's a report that they'll receive. And then next steps after that, we'd like to start bringing at-home diagnostics so that, again, we're trying to bridge that gap in healthcare. So if, for instance, a woman's survey comes back saying that, you know, she does have a lot of sleep disruption and she's concerned about potentially having sleep apnea, there are at-home sleep machines that she can just order to her home to find out if that is something she should be concerned about and whether she needs to be being seen for that or receiving any treatment for it. And other diagnostics like, you know, at-home blood testing and hopefully having a telemedicine component to, again, bridge that gap for women in healthcare so that they can address their women's health topics. They can actually discuss what they're experiencing, because I think it needs to be a very personalized approach. We don't all experience the same thing. Our hormones don't all do the same thing. And I think if we are to start, you know, addressing perimenopause like a syndrome, which I feel we should be, then it really does take one-on-one care. It truly does. And you just brought up two, you know, trends that I don't see going away. And that's personalization and convenience. Right. Exactly. Especially in an era where it's not easy to find a practitioner that necessarily specializes in some of these kind of, I don't want to call it niche because we're 50% of the population, but right now it's a bit of a niche area in medicine. Mm -hmm. There's still a lot of old misinformation circulating. And I hear it all the time, right, where women are being told that HRT can cause cancer, where the newer formulations are actually being shown not to have that risk. So I think, you know, we don't necessarily even have access as much as we should. And we're busy. And it's not always easy to make appointments. It's kind of nice when something comes to us. I think especially post-pandemic, we've become very accustomed to being able to shop online and, you know, do everything virtually that I think medicine is heading in that direction. Yeah, definitely. And I I know I'm, for one, excited to do some shopping here on Cyber Monday. (laughs) 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 Dr. Kavita Desai, thank you so much for sharing your story about your mother and your insights into this dementia and menopause symptom overlap here on the NutriCast. Thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure. 
If you like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutraCast wherever you get your podcasts. You can also head to NutraIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutra-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutraCast next week.